above every name we honor the blood that covers and erases all stain of every sin we praise you for your Holy Spirit that is here to quicken and make alive we praise you for the omnipresence of your spirit going across the internet Lord to those overseas to our military those who are working overseas and Lord even his word came forth this morning even the truckers as they're watching it over the internet Lord, we praise you for the countries that are being listen, that are listening. We praise you for a touch upon their lives. Needs are being met. Eyes are being opened to see the bountifulness of your glory and your beauty. As we praise you and we glorify you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Would you turn to somebody next to you? Would you shake their hand and hug their neck? Welcome them this morning. Welcome them. That I'm so glad you're here. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All glory and honor. All glory and honor. How many know we serve a good God? Amen. Amen. Come on. How many know we serve a good God? Hallelujah. We welcome you this morning. We're so glad you're here. We're honored that you're here and we could be in this place to just praise the name of the Lord together. We're so honored. See Jeremy. Hallelujah. Would you stand up, Maureen? Want to give you a hand? You and your wife, would your wife stand up? Hallelujah. So good to see you. Hallelujah. You're looking good, brother. Hallelujah. See a little wrinkle to the left side, but we'll take care of that. Hallelujah. Looking good. Hallelujah. We bless you. In the precious name of Jesus. So glad you're here. We, if you can look over here to the right, we've got um, one of them uh, electric signs, and we have another one coming to the left. They say it's for the nursery. You'll see your uh, token number, the child's number up there. But the truth is, we're starting Friday night bingo. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Figure if we're going to order one of them signs, we're going to put it to you. So just let everybody know Friday night bingo. Hallelujah. And then that way you can see the number and holler bingo. But anyway, if you see your kid, don't, don't holler bingo if they call your kid up this morning. <laughs> just sneak out like you don't know what you're doing. Nobody will know that your child takes after your daddy. So don't, don't, don't worry about it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we bless you. Glad you're here. We're going to take communion together and get into the Word. And I just know that you're going to leave here refreshed. Acts chapter 19. I want to read something to you here. In Acts chapter 19. And 
appreciate that song because I'm going to be using that word, overwhelmed. I have it underneath. I have it right here in my notes. And we never speak about what we're going to sing or what we're going to minister, but the Holy Spirit knows, doesn't he? In Acts chapter 19, and I want you to hear this because you may be here today and you're, you're, you're thinking or you're saying your situation is hopeless and there's no hope and there's no way to get out. But I want you to see in Acts chapter 19, verse 17. It says, this became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. And it says, and fear fell on them all. And the name of Jesus was magnified. And many who also believed came confessing and telling their deeds. And many of those who practiced magic, their books came together in their books and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them. It totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. I love the Living Bible. It says it spread widely and it had a power effect. That word prevail means to overwhelm. The city of Ephesus was so involved into witchcraft and so many demonic things. And Paul started preaching the word of the Lord. And the word of God came upon the city of Ephesus and so overwhelmed that city like we sung about the power of God overwhelming the grave that those that were involved and caught up into witchcraft and Satanism and curses and any type of other type of attacks, the spirit of God came and overwhelmed to the point to where what they were practicing, they went ahead and burned it up and got rid of it. The word of God prevails. It means to triumph and to win the victory. It means to be greater in strength or influence. It means to overwhelm, to overcome, and triumph. And if I started, as I was meditating on this, I felt the Lord speaking this scripture to me. I started to just feel like maybe in your life, you feel like your children right now are caught up in something. And you wonder, how are they going to get out? Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. And you wonder, how are they going to get out of this situation or that obsession or that addiction that they're in well i want you to know that the spirit of god and the word of god so prevailed over the witches and the witchcraft and the curses and the satanism of ephesus the spirit of god and the word of god is able to prevail over your family prevail over your marriage prevail over your job prevail over your home prevail over our city prevail over our state and it doesn't matter how bad things may look the word of god can prevail over the united states of america and China and any other nation hallelujah we got us God and a word that is able to prevail that's why when you meditate on it when you sing it when you confess it it doesn't matter what you up against it doesn't matter how hard or how high the walls of the enemy may have been lifted over the years there is a prevailing overcoming overwhelming power that it doesn't matter if Jesus had been in the tomb for three days when God spoke to him it quickened him and made him alive it didn't matter if Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days and everybody was saying he stinks but Jesus says if you'll only believe I'll overwhelm the power of death that's been over him for three days and I'll call that which is dead to come alive again it doesn't matter what's been trying to overwhelm your emotions overwhelm your mind overwhelm your body overwhelm your finances there is an overwhelming power of the king of kings and the lord of lords which is mighty to save 
The Bible says in Hebrews 4.14, let us hold the profession of our faith without doubting. The word of God will prevail over doubt. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. As 2 Chronicles 6.9, it says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself. Somebody shout it out strong. Somebody shout out overwhelming. Somebody shout out victorious. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is right towards him. And I want you to know that when you're covered by the blood of Jesus and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are a son and a daughter of God. The eyes of the almighty Prince of Peace is upon you and whatever has been coming against you, the power of God and the word of his might is a two-edged sword that is able to come and penetrate, divide, asunder, and separate you from anything that's been overwhelming you I say in the authority of the name of Jesus what's been trying to overwhelm you is going to be overwhelmed by the power of the word of God and that the word of God is going to be able to set you free and raise you up above all the power of the enemy if you believe and you do that raise your hand right now and just believe that the things that are freely given to me by Christ Jesus the things that are freely given to you by Christ Jesus is able to overcome anything that the enemy throws your way. As you take this communion supper today, it just doesn't mean that you're saved. It means you're rescued, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, and you're healed, and you are delivered. Whatever's been trying to overwhelm you, you say, I'm free from that. As I take this cup and I eat of this bread, I am free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And in this cup and in this bread is the power of life. And he's given me that life more abundantly. Some of us just come forward. We'll get ready to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. We bless you and we call you blessed. You know, it says that it, as they prevailed, the word prevailed, it overcame. You might have been serving the Lord and you might be giving and your finances, your business may be attacked right now. But you just keep speaking the word and keep playing the praise. You just keep knowing that the word of God is going to prevail and grow and mightily over your family. Lord, we give you praise right now that we know your word works. It is the word that worked in the creation. It's the word that worked all through time. It's your word that raised Christ from the dead and also quickened us with him in new life. We praise you right now for breathing life upon any of these bones that may be distorted and destroyed and hurt. We ask you to heal the brokenhearted. We ask you right now touch those who've been crying tears, Lord, in your presence because they need a fresh touch from you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, Jehovah Jireh, divine supplier, meet the need of your people in every area. And we worship you with our tithes and offerings. We worship you with our song. We worship you with our lives. And we thank you for reigning as we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Here I am Humbled by your majesty Covered by your grace so free
covered by the blood of the Lamb. Now I found the greatest love of all is mine since you laid down your life the greatest sacrifice majesty majesty your grace has found me just as I am Empty-handed but alive in your hands I'm singing majesty I'm singing majesty Forever I am changed by your love In the presence of your majesty Here I am Humbled by the love that you give Forgiven so that I can forgive Here I stand Knowing that I'm your desire Sanctified by glory and fire Now I found sing now I found the greatest love of all is mine since you laid down your life the greatest sacrifice for sin majesty majesty your grace has found me just as I am Empty-handed but alive in your hands I'm singing a majesty I'm singing majesty Forever Changed by your love in the presence of your majesty. Forever I am changed by your love in the presence of your majesty. And forever I am changed by. Your love in the presence of your majesty.
Am I on now? Thank you, Brother Art. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Art. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. How many we have visiting us here for the first time? Would you raise your hand? Anyone? Hallelujah. God bless you, sir. Good having you. God, good having y'all back there. God bless you guys. Anybody else over here? Hallelujah. Look all through here. Over here. Let's give them a big hand. Over here. We're so glad to have you this morning. Hallelujah. We're honored to have you. Hallelujah. We want to encourage you today with a message and just believe it's going to be a message to encourage your heart. You know, many times you hear people coming and minister and on TV and everybody's offering their book. Well, I want to talk about a book you already have. It's the book of Psalms. You already have it. And what I want to, as I lay down this foundation today for where we're going, I want you to understand that according to the rabbis, according to the Jewish people, that the book of Psalms is known as being a faithful companion. They call it my faithful companion. Unerring guide, voice to prayer, comfort in misfortune, faith in adversity, and light in darkness. The book of Psalms is known as the inner sanctuary. It's the road map to, to the open door into his dwelling place. It is written to adapt to all of our needs, all of our wants. It is the key to the inner chamber to teach us how to recognize and confess what needs to be changed and yet open up into a song of worship and praise. The book of Psalms was used all through the Bible from the day it was written on as to worship, to sing, to praise. It was used as a prayer book. Even Jesus quoted from it this last few words on the cross where he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? was a prayer of David. And then when he said, Into thy hands I commit my spirit was a prayer of David. So as we see in this book, as we see today, there's something there that the Holy Spirit wants to awaken us to. What the uh, Hebrew people believe that when you pray the prayer out of the book of Psalms, that you are kneeling beside David. You're kneeling beside Moses in Psalms 91. You're kneeling beside the scribe Ezra and the prophet and the priest who have written this book of Psalms. That you're kneeling with them and praying these things and opening your heart for God to move in a special way to comfort and encourage you. In Psalms chapter 51 that we will be studying later on was when David, after he had sinned, he came to understand and know the, the, mis, the, the mercy of God and cry out for the mercy of God. It was, it's comparable to this. They say that the book of Psalms is comparable to that of a wounded man who sought treatment from a physician. The doctor told him, I cannot treat your wound, for it is too much work and too much money, and you cannot pay. Then the wounded man pleads, I'll give you all that I have, and the balance of what I owe, have mercy and show me kindness on the remainder of the bill. How many of you know that's what Jesus did for us when he died upon the cross of Calvary? We, could not, we cannot pay him back, but there is a mercy and a love for us to be able to love us and receive us unconditionally. I want to share with you today, in 1 Samuel 24, um, right here, I want you to see in 24 verse 11, that why does the devil come after you? How many of you have ever been pestered by the enemy? Has anybody ever been tempted? Has anybody not been tempted? Please stand up so we can bow before you. I mean, how many know the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy? And you know, listen, so many times, listen, the devil doesn't leap on you. The devil creeps 
tries to get in there in ways that we don't recognize them, when we don't identify them. And I want you to see here that David prayed something very interesting before King Saul when he cut his garment. He says, I have not sinned against you, yet you hunt my soul to take it. That word hunt, say hunt. You hunt my soul to take it. And there's something interesting there. I looked it up in the Hebrew, and if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to take notes today. That word, to hunt my soul, means this. He's not only trying to kill me physically, he's trying to kill me inside. He's trying to hunt me to a point to where I'm dead in my emotions, I'm dead in my zeal, I'm dead in my first love, I'm dead in not only my relationship with God, but I am dead with the relationships with those that I love. The enemy is trying to hunt you. The book of Proverbs says that he hunts for the precious soul. Say that with me, precious soul. So many times the enemy wants to think that he's after us and we're going through the temptations and the trials and, and the failures and the falling because there's something wrong with us. But I want to show you today with David's life that the enemy is after you not because there's something wrong with you but because there's something precious on the inside of you that God has deposited for him to receive the glory out of your life. Many times when we fall to temptations and we're attacked and we're having imagination, so many times it's so easy to feel not only convicted but guilt-ridden like my life is so evil. I'm such an evil person. I'm such a bad person. And the truth is the enemy's coming after you because there's a goodness on the inside of you. David was an awesome man of God. He had the heart of God, but yet he was saying, the hunter is hunting for me. Not only to destroy my outward life, he's trying to destroy me on the inside. And many times that if we allow him and we don't identify the areas that the enemy's attacking us on the inside, he will end up destroying the outside too. Have you ever known someone that their personality's changed? They've gone through maybe a divorce or a sickness or disease. Maybe they've gone through uh, losing everything they had and they had to start over again. And, and, and you just see their personalities change and you go, man, I knew that person 10 years ago and it's not the same person. It's because the hunter is hunting not only to destroy the outward man, he's trying to destroy the inward man. He's trying to destroy that, that sacrifice, that living sacrifice and that deposit that God has made on the inside of you. He sees the goodness of your heart and he wants to steal, kill and destroy. I have some things written down here of areas that the enemy would want to come inside and capture us. For first of all, the enemy would like to destroy, first of all, the identity that you hold. So many people live a life today, and even though you may have degrees and maybe you may have a good job, so many people today say, who am I? And then mates get together, they start talking about, I want to love you, but you don't let me. They say, listen, if I could love myself, I could learn to let you love me. Who are you? I don't know. I don't even know myself. When the enemy comes against your, cap against your identity, it's to make you feel like you're unfit. That you don't fit in with the rest and that you're not worthy. He tries to steal the anointing. He tries to cause us to stop sensing the presence of God and to start, stop worshiping freely and then all of a sudden to feel empty and dry and then our minds continue to go back to the problems or the reasons we are like we are. He also tries to come against our vision. What is your purpose? What is your meaning in life? Why, where do you find satisfaction? Then he tries to come against your authority. That you no longer feel like you can stand up and fight the enemy, but there's an intimidation and a feeling of, of failure to where if I fight against the enemy, I'm just going to fail again. Then he comes against your confidence. 
He comes and undermines your confidence and you're not able to finish anything. And a lot of times people feel like they have to live a lifestyle. Listen to me, saint. You are a child of God. And they try and they kind of steal uh, your confidence to where you feel like you've got to go through life always apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I, I didn't do that. I know I'm not like that. And so you live a life of t- constantly apologizing for things that you haven't forgiven yourself for. Then he tries to come and he surrounds you and make you feel like there's no way to get out. There's no way to handle the problems. You feel surrounded and overwhelmed by circumstances. Then the hunter comes and he hunts you and he tries to overwhelm you. He makes you feel empty like there's nothing on the inside. No fresh direction. No word of God. Blinded to spiritual insights. The word doesn't mean anything. The word doesn't mean anything. The spirit doesn't mean anything. Then he comes and he tries to intimidate us. Then he calls us to try to feel confused, like, who am I? Confused about uh, people, disagreeable, always in fights. Everybody else is wrong. I'm wrong. Then he comes in, and what I want to share with you today, what he tried to do with, with David, is that he comes in and tries to fight the inner man to the point to where we live a life where we're blind. We're blind to who Jesus really created us to be. We're blind to what God can do through us and what other people need that's already been deposited in us. We're blind to the fact that God can save us and redeem us and pull us out of the addiction or anything else that is trying to cause us down. I want you to know that there is no mercy on the side of the hunter. Even though David was like a son to Saul, it didn't matter. Saul wanted him dead. And if I can't kill him on the outside, I'm going to chase him for 19 years and try to destroy him on the inside. Listen, if you're in a battle and you've been in a battle for years now, the, the, what the devil tries to do according to the book of Daniel is to wear you out. He will try to continue to harass you and bombard your mind and bombard your emotions and bombard the feelings that you have towards yourself and towards God and others. He will try to come against you, intimidate you and steal your courage and make you feel like there's no future at all. But I want you to know that the devil is called the father of all lies. And whatever the devil has been trying to tell you and trying to wear you down and wear you out and make you feel unfit and make you feel incapable, the Lord in the midst of thee is mighty to save and deliver. And so when the enemy comes in like a flood and he comes in to try to destroy you on the inside, cause you to live a life of depression, just want to sit down and give up, just want to, I just wish I would die. I wish something would happen to end this burden, end this problem that I feel on the inside. Jesus has come and he wants to set you free today. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now I want to show you the next scripture in 1 Samuel 6, 6 through 7. It's, it was talking about the prophet Samuel going to anoint the new king. It says in verse 6, So it was that they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Verse 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or the physical statue. Because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. And I want to show you that here's this awesome man of God. And I want to show you what was precious to God in God's eyes is what the enemy went after. What's precious on the inside of you is what the enemy is going to try to destroy, to kill, and to steal. What's valued in God's eyes is what the devil is going to try to devalue before you and before the world. But that is going to change today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Samuel was called a seer. A seer would walk according to the vision. But Samuel was a prophet who walked according to his hearing. There's a saying that goes, He who cannot listen cannot see. Write that down. He who cannot listen cannot see. A lot of times Jesus went and says, you know, your heart of hearing, if you have ears to hear, even the book of Revelation, he says, he that has ears, let him hear. If I'm not able to hear, I won't be able to see. If I'm trying to learn to live according to my sight, I'll never live according to my hearing. And what the Holy Spirit wants to develop today in each and every believer is not the capability of just hearing, but also the capability of seeing. And if, so if I can learn to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, I will be able to see what the Spirit of God is showing. And many times we try to live by the one or the other, but we've got to learn to live by both. We see here that Samuel was seeing the young man. He says, this has to be the one. This has to be the one that God chooses. But I want you to see. I passed it up there. In verse 12, look at this. Talking about David now. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord says, arise and anoint him for this is the one. If you're taking notes, many translations in the Hebrew, it just doesn't say bright eyes. Write this down. It says beautiful eyes. Say that with me, beautiful eyes. Now this is interesting. The hunter hunts for the precious soul. He's not only going to try to kill you on the outside, he wants to try to destroy you on the inside. Now the word eyes, as you know, the Bible says that the eyes are the windows of the soul. If you're taking notes, write this down. The word their eyes means to see. But it means not also only to see with the eyes, it means to hear with the ears. It means to feel. Write this down because this is so important. Because this is how you're going to overcome temptation. And this is how you're going to live a life pleasing to God. The word to see there means not only to see, but the capability of hearing, of feeling, and of experiencing. Write that down because you want to see why. Because you see the Lord says, He's got beautiful eyes and that's exactly what the devil went after. He went after his eyes. I want to show you in the Word of God today that what you may be taken for granted and what God have put on the inside of you may be exactly what the devil is after and why you're fighting so hard in that area. It's not because you're cursed. It's because you're a threat to the enemy. It says that the Lord God saw his heart and that he had beautiful eyes. I want you to see this. David was called. Listen now. David was a man of God called. To see through the eyes of God, to put into words, songs of the glory of God. He was anointed to see the beauty, the awesomeness, the glory. He was anointed to see the awesomeness and the power and the majesty of his God. His eyes was anointed to see things that the normal eye doesn't capture. And in church many times, there are many people who are Christians, but their eyes doesn't capture, their ears don't capture. Therefore, they're dead on the inside, even though they're still living on the outside. There's something that God wants to make come alive today. He wants to give you eyes to see. Paul said it this way. The enlightenment of your eyes to see into the glory of Christ Jesus. He wants to enlighten your eyes, but it's your sight. It's your sight. Not only not able to see ourselves, but we're not able to see the glory of God in the midst of the trial. 
We're not able to see the way out when the enemy's trying to come in and tell us all of his lies and deceive us. We're not even able to see the Word of God clearly on how to combat the enemy, tear him down, defeat him, and rise up victoriously in Jesus' name. So I want you to see here, he had beautiful eyes. And in Psalm 63, it says here, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to what? To see. Everybody say that with me. To see. Say it out loud. To see. To see what? To see your power and your glory. He had beautiful eyes. Listen. To see the power and the glory of God. This is important. God wants to anoint your eyes today to be, to be able to say, you have beautiful eyes because you are not contaminating your eyes with the things of the world to distract you from the power and the glory of God. He says, he told the woman the well, I am coming for those who worship me in spirit and in truth. Or in other words, I'm come, coming for the beautiful eyed ones. I'm coming for the ones, because you see, when David wrote these songs, it just wasn't something that he saw. It was also something that he felt and was something that he experienced. True worship is not just something we say. It's something that we feel and it's something that we experience. And the enemy comes in and he's been chasing you. And he's been bombarding you. And he's been attacking you. And he's been lying to you. Trying to kill you on the inside. So that you wonder, why would I even worry about worshiping God today? Why praise Him? Why read the Word of God? Why go to church? Why keep fighting this? Why keep fighting the temptation? Why don't I just do like other people and just give in? And only have one life. So why don't I just enjoy myself? But you got to understand that when you come to the point to where you're not just singing or speaking of God. God, you're not just speaking the word, you're filling the word, you're experiencing the word, you're experiencing the power, you're experiencing the glory, it becomes like fire, shut up within your bones to where you're not just a normal believer passing through every day, but there's something alive on the inside of you. It's something to experience. How many times, yeah, are you reading your Bible? Every counseling session, every phone call. Are you reading your Bible? Oh yeah, I read my Bible every day. Well, are you experiencing what you're reading? Are you feeling the Holy Spirit? Oh, but it's just words. Uh-uh. When the Holy Ghost breathes upon these words, they come alive. It's something to feel. It's something to experience. He says to see. Say with me, to see. Your power and your glory. You see, God, David's anointing, every fiber of David's body was just not to feel the presence of God, but to bring what he felt into words. He would grab, he, it says, in the early morning, I will awaken the sun with my harp. Or in other words, he's laying there and he would hang his harp above the bed. And as he's laying there, the breeze would blow through the window and the harp would sound. And all of a sudden, a song would arise in his heart. And he would grab his harp and he would start writing and singing what he was experiencing and feeling. And it came because of his beautiful eyes exactly what the enemy was going to try to rob. Look here. Psalm chapter 49 verse 4. Listen to the depth of David in his worship and praise. It says, listen carefully to many proverbs. I listen carefully to many proverbs. And solve riddles with inspiration from the harp. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when the enemy surrounds me? I love it like this way. The message says... 
I've fine-tuned my ear to the sayings of the wise. I solve life's riddles with the help of a harp. So why should I fear in bad times? Hemmed in by the enemy's malice. You see, a song would come upon him. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God would just start coming upon him. And he would grab his harp. And they would come alive on the inside of him. The Spirit of God would move and the words would come in the things that he would see. And it wasn't just that he was playing. And the more he would hear from God, the more the songs would come alive on the inside of him. And it, he became one with his instrument. It wasn't about pleasing man anymore. It was about singing to the Lord Most High. For the glory and the power of God in His hands and in His heart and in His words as He would sing unto the Lord and He would sing of the glory that He was beholding. I've come to see Your power and Your glory in the sanctuary. And the more He would feel the presence of God, the more that God would fill Him with a song and with the Spirit of the Living Most High. And even though there were things He couldn't understand, He would go in the presence of God and He would sing unto the Lord a joyful song. He would sing of the amazing grace of the Lord Most High. He would sing of the glory of His King. He would sing of the amazing grace and the power of the Most High God. I'm not here before no one but you, my Master. I'm here to sing praises to you. I'm here to sing glory to your name. For you are worthy. And as the Spirit would just continue to move upon him, as he would prophesy upon his instrument, as he would solve riddles in his life and he would play and the Spirit of God would move upon him and answers would start coming to him. And his eyes would become anointed with the sound of the music and he would start seeing the glory of God in the midst of sickness and, and persecution. As his son was chasing him, and he was barefoot, 65 years old, running up the mountain with his wife and his children. And he was barefoot running up the mountain from his palace. He didn't understand why is my son rising a rebellion against me and wanted to take over the palace. Why did my son kill my other son? And because he tried to lay with my daughter. Life doesn't make any sense. I have served my God all the days of my life. I worship him and Lord, you know I love you. And right now what I'm going through doesn't make any sense. But as he would start to sing, the Spirit of God would start coming on the inside of him. And what seemed like a riddle and what seemed like a loss of direction would become an anointing from God. But David, you see, he had to go through these things because he wasn't only going to write it and prophesy it and declare it and preach it. He would see it through the eyes of the Spirit so you and I today could get a hold of the same book and whatever situation we're going through, it could adapt to our situation and solve the riddles of our life so that we don't have to to live oh cast down by our soul but I will arise with the quickening and the glory of God that's what he was saying here
Now look at this. Psalms 57, 7. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I sing your praises. Verse 8. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O Lair. Wake up, harp. And I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is high as the heavens. And your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens and the earth. And may your glory shine on the earth. Amen. He possessed beautiful eyes. But I'm going to show you how his eyes were going to be attacked. I'm skipping over these for time. Y'all help me out here. Did I pass up 2 Samuel 23? No. No, I got to go to chapter 11. The more I pass up, the faster. Okay, okay, here we go. Now look at this. How many know David had beautiful eyes? His eyes was declared beautiful by God. But now look at this. Then it happened. Then it happened. Wait, this is the one who sees the power and glory of God in the sanctuary. Oh, wait a minute. This is the one who is now 50 years old that has been playing the harp since he was nine. Oh, wait a minute. This is the one who sang, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wait a minute. This is the one who saw the glory of God and saw prophetically into the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But then all of a sudden, then it happened one evening. That David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he what? Saw. He saw. He saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Another translation says, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty. Another translation says, He saw a woman bathing that was stunningly beautiful. There's a difference between seeing and noticing. When you see something from the heart, you notice it. If it's not God, it's a distraction from what God has put in you. He was distracted from the beauty of the glory of God. Of God for the beauty of a woman. The same eyes that were created to see the glory of God compromised and failed the test. And he saw the beauty of the woman, and it was his downfall. It was all over. And as you can see in 12, verse 9, the prophet said, You did this evil in his sight. Write this down. Passion will blur your vision and cause blindness. Passion, uncontrolled passion will blur your vision and cause blindness. Let me read this about David. Listen to how his life was. Psalms 26.3 Your kindness is before my eyes. You hear? He's talking about it being before his eyes. Psalm 16.8 I placed God straight before me always. But now listen. Psalms 51 verse 5. Listen, he uses some of the same words, but it's different. Now what does he say? 
My sin is before me always. In Psalm 16, 8, you are always before me. Now that he compromised and what was so special between him and God, the devil came against it. The devil came against him. He failed the temptation. And now his eyes, now he says, I'm not beholding God anymore. I'm beholding my sin. He hung his harp up for a whole year before he repented. There was no more songs. There was no more joy. There was no more laughter. What was so special between him and God was taken by the thief. I can't touch you. I can't kill you. But like Samson, I'll take your eyes from you. I'll take your strength from you. I'll cause you to become a captive and live like a captive so you can't live for the glory of God anymore. I'll find your weakness and it's not just your weakness but I'll look for that which is special between you and God. I see you're a person of love. I'll attack the people you love the most until you don't have any more love and you feel hurt and bitter and not loving and forgiving. Oh, you're a person of joy and you just love to tell jokes and you love to have fun. Everybody just loves to be around you and you just bring joy wherever you go. That's okay. I'll bring circumstances in your life to, to squeeze the joy out of you to where you walk around with the saddest face and the most loneliest person on the planet wishing you were dead. Whatever part of your character and your temperament, whatever part of your life, whatever that is special to me that brings, me, brings God glory, I'm going to attack it and I'm going to tempt you with what would tempt you away from there to get you into my trap and hold you tight. The things that the enemy tries to use to bring us down are not just the things that they don't leap on us, they creep up on us. David was 50 years old. And all this time, he's been writing songs about, listen to this, he's been writing songs about the glory of God. All of a sudden now, he's not writing them anymore. And if you look at his son, Solomon, Solomon sings of the glory of a woman like David sung about the glory of God. It's whatever gets your interest. If we cannot hear, we cannot see. And if we cannot see, we cannot hear. Job says, I will make a covenant with my eyes not to place anything unholy before my eyesight. Now, I want to show you this. The word sin means to miss the mark. It means to miss the alignment of God. I want to take you back some to the very beginning. What happened here? Genesis 3, 6 through 8. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and it was what? Pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7, And the eyes of both of them were opened. Not open to the glory, open to the natural. All of this story of David is a progress of warning you and I about being careful. This is what somebody said. Seeing is believing. This is what a rabbi wrote. Seeing is believing. A vision is more convincing than a voice. A vision 
is more convincing than a voice. Young people, you were trained at home. Don't do that. Don't smoke that. Don't go there. Don't participate in that. And you've been told the word time and time again. But you know what? When you see it and it looks good, what you see takes on more power than what you've heard. That's why you just can't hear the word. You've got to see and experience and feel the word for yourself. When you're going through a temptation at work, when you're going through a temptation with a coworker, when you're going through temptation with the internet, when you're going through a temptation with the TV, when you're fighting these different things, what is it that's trying to steal my sight away from God and put it upon this thing in the natural? Pastor, I've been fighting this, this lust problem for a long time. And I don't know how to get rid of it. It just seems like anything and everything just activates it. It just activates it. Well, let me ask you something. Do you really want to get free from it? Yes. Then how about fasting TV for a while? Oh, no. Oh, no. Let me ask you this. You might be like my grandpa. My grandpa loved the Dallas Cowboys, but it wasn't so much the Dallas Cowboys he liked to watch. And I was there one day when my 76-year-old grandma put on her shorts below her knees, her hot pants. And she went and got in front of the TV and she started doing all kind of stuff like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. But that wasn't enough for my grandpa. Woman, get out of the way. You're blocking the view. How much is seeing the glory and the power and the strength of God worth to you? Instead of plucking your eye, are you willing to pluck the computer? Are you willing to pluck the TV? Are you willing to give up those things that are enticing you and drawing your attention and distracting you? Hello, hello saints. I'm just talking about men. I'm talking to women too. I'm talking about these women who watch this movie called Sex in the City. Talking about women who are watching these uh, soap operas and, and which men are the finest and the hottest. Talking to the young people who are watching these music videos and they almost can't control themselves. What is it that you're giving your strength to and what's distracting you from seeing the glory of God? You know what? I went to church and I didn't get nothing out of it. Listen, you'd probably go to heaven right now and not get nothing out of it either. Because what you see is what you feel. What you see is what you hear. What you hear is what you see. Amen, church. Amen. Now, I know since the church has been growing, I know that these messages have been not the type to make churches grow in the natural. But you know what? I believe that there's a people who want the truth for a change. They want the truth. And if it's a malignant tumor, I want it cut off on me because if not, it's going to kill me. And David took his eyes off of what was so precious. The appearance of evil means that which is good, enticing, sweet, and pleasing. The book of Proverbs says that sin is as smoke in the eyes. You ever had a bonfire or burnt your trash and the smoke got leaves and smoke got in your eyes and you couldn't see? Every time we give in to a look, every time we give in to a hearing, the smoke gets thicker and thicker and thicker. 
You know, when I, I was a teenager with my brother, we had piled up a whole lot of pine needles at, in, in our backyard. And we lived by a major highway. And, you know, we've, we've burnt leaves before and, you know, just made a little fire. But this caught on fire, caught the yard on fire, caught the trees on fire, was heading towards the house. And we ended up having to call the fire department. The smoke that started so small about a block away from the, house, from the road ended up being so thick it stopped the traffic. And a lot of times, a little look or a, lot, a little distraction or a, lot of, a little giving into is just a small fire. But every time I look, there's more leaves, there's more wood, and there's more kindling to make the fire get bigger and bigger and bigger. And what used to just be a little irritation now has me totally blind. And I don't even know which way or what way to go. And if the Lord would appear and say, come over here, I can't see you. Because I've been living in this smoke for so long, I cannot see. Look at this with me in, in Proverbs fourteen twelve in the message. There is a way that looks, looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell. Sure, these people appear to be having a good time. But all that laughter will end in heartbreak. Listen to what the rabbi says. With the eyes, our natural human senses are stirred and come alive. Listen now. It's not just a rabbi. Doctors say this. With the eyes, our natural human senses are stirred and come alive. How many of you know that to be true? Hey, I'm just as much as... Uh, human as you are my senses can come alive pastor does not mean a eunuch <laughs> but I have the power to control what stirs my senses and it better be Cynthia Ann Fontenot Cobb <laughs> and for her it better be Rocky Balboa. <laughs> the eyes of our natural human senses are stirred and come alive. Listen to this now. And what we see becomes what we feel. What we see becomes what we feel. And what we feel becomes overwhelming. Now listen to this part. What we feel becomes overwhelming. And church, listen to this. Why am I falling? Listen to this. And it becomes so overwhelming, it overwhelms and overpowers the Word of God. John chapter 1. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten. We beheld God in flesh. The Messiah had come. We beheld Him, but we did not esteem Him as God. The glory of God was present, but they didn't see it. They rejected Him instead of accepting Him. Because it went against what they were feeling. You can be a Christian all of your life. And if you allow your eyes to move your senses and your senses to move your feelings and your feelings to overwhelm you, 
You could have known God in a glorious way and the enemy could turn it around. And if you continue exercising your senses towards things that bring you down, the senses will overwhelm the convictions of the Holy Spirit. The senses will overwhelm the disciplines of the Holy Spirit. The senses will overwhelm what is moral and what is right. And before you know it, you are down in a pit wondering, how did I ever come this far? The eyes will stimulate the feelings. The feelings will override the senses and the thoughts. And before you know it, you find yourself in a prison. He was God and we beheld Him night, not. Eyes are easily deceived than then clouded by deception. Listen to this. This is what I read. It's, you ever saw the Hebrew people pray? If they don't have a covering over their head, they cover their eyes. You've ever seen that? They cover their eyes. Because this is what they teach their children. Cover your eyes. Pay no attention to that which you see. Live only by the truth which you hear about the living God and His commands. So they pray with their eyes closed because they're taught, don't go by what you see. Don't be moved by what you see. Move by the commands of God. You see, David should have had a head covering when he walked on that roof. David should have been at war like it was accustomed of the king's. Holy Spirit is saying, you don't want to fall into the trap. Be careful. We have to be careful and constantly, no matter what our age is, of our eyes and the senses and the feelings and the emotions. They were told to cover their eyes and their face with a tallit to make a portable tabernacle. Sister Terry uh, has gone to Muslim countries where the, the, the men have a new, the Muslim men have another idea. Instead of me covering my eyes, I'm just going to cover the women. Watch now. I was thinking about this. She could even show a little bit of her hair because that's too sexy. She looks like a mummy. Walk, they look like mummies walking around Main Street and they can't show any of their wrist and they can't show any of their hair because the men may fall into temptation. So what do they do? They totally cover the women. But guess what? The vast majority is homosexual. Because if you cover... You try to cover something up, but yet there's a spirit of lust there. It'll transfer into something else. So instead of living a life trying to cover everything, it's best to learn dominion on the inside. Take a hold of the Word and the Spirit of God and come against it and fight it and defeat it. Listen, just like you, I've had and I have my battles. But I'll take the word and i war because this city and the church of Jesus Christ doesn't need another failure. But not does it not only need another failure from a minister, it doesn't need another failure from a saint. It doesn't need another, 
example of being done of somebody who couldn't control themselves, somebody who couldn't continue to do right, someone who wanted to live like the world but yet called himself a believer. And God is saying that is not the glorious church I'm coming back for. I'm coming back for a glorious church. But the way that the church is going to be glorious is by beholding the glory in the face of Jesus Christ. They go around putting veils upon everything. But praise God, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was hanging upon the cross, He said the power against man and flesh and the curse has been broken. And when Christ cried out, It is finished! The veil in the temple that kept the glory away from man was ripped down the middle. And the glory of God that was contained behind the veil came out of the veil to dwell upon the board again. Men and women of the living God and we behold his glory Isaiah 40 verse 5 uh oh can, can we get it back guys I'm still learning with this thing this is my last one he'll get it back Isaiah 40 verse 5 then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Say that with me. See it. Just as God said. The bright glory. Somebody shout out the bright glory. The bright glory. Listen. I want to share about the mercy. I want to tell you about the washing and the cleansing. But I want to tell you also. The thing that we have to protect ourselves with. Is that the glory and the love and the power of God. Has to become brighter than the porn and the video and the man or the woman where we work. Because you can do everything you can to fight that stuff, but unless the glory and the power and the love and the presence of God become stronger and brighter, you may be able to stop it for a while, but you'll go back into it. And my job as pastor is to share with you and train you and teach you and build you up to where you just don't only overcome it now, but you overcome it for the rest of your life. Because what is precious to God is your marriage. The sexual relationship between a husband and a woman, and that's it. One man and one woman. One man and one woman. One woman and one man. Not a single boy, not a single girl, not a husband with another man's wife or not a wife with another man's husband. But it is only for a couple that is married before God. Can I hear an amen? The glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. The glory that outshines all that the world has to offer is between a husband and a wife and nothing else. There is no more excitement that will continue without costing you. If you're going through a midlife crisis, get reborn. If you need somebody to make you feel good about yourself, buy tapes that tell you how wonderful and what a winner and this is your day. You don't need another man and another woman to be telling you how awesome you are. You already ought to know that. <laughs> don't let anything else 
outshine the glory of God or you are setting up for a fall. The glory of God. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 12. Looking unto Jesus. Or the living says, put your eyes upon Jesus. Say that with me. Put your eyes upon Jesus. It starts off by saying, take off all the besetting sins. Take off everything that is slowing you down. Amen, church. Hebrews chapter 12. We won't go there because of time, but listen. Take off everything that is tripping you. Take off all the besetting sins. Oh, that's just a little sin. Take it off. It's not right with God, and you're not right with God either until you repent and you turn from it. Taking off all the besetting sins, everything that is against the Word of God, take it off so that you may run your race to win. Putting your eyes upon Jesus, who endured the cross, who endured the suffering, who endured the shame, who endured the temptation, who endured the pain. He endured it all for you. Now He's saying, now you endure it for me. You fight it. Right now, there are four books on the website. You don't even have to call me. You don't even ask me. Why is some books I can read against sexual sins and, and addictions and, and, and different other things that I'm going through? Homosexuality or lesbianism or, or pornography or whatever it may be. Whatever you may be going through. We have four books on the website right now. You can get and you can study it. But other than that, you've got the book of Psalms. To get a hold of and cry unto God, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, who f- forgives all my iniquities. Amen, church. Amen. Listen, you don't have to go through life being captive to thoughts and imaginations and lust and, and, and all these different things to make you just run like, like a wild animal. You are not a wild animal. You are a son and daughter of the Most High God. I want to tell you young men in college, in high school, something. I want to tell you something right now as a daddy and as a pastor. You don't need, you don't, there is no fruitfulness in sowing wild oats. And that while I'm a single man, I'm going to try and I'm going to get it all. And I'm just going to enjoy life. I want to tell you something. You'll end up diseased on the inside and diseased on the outside. And you'll be crying out and saying, why did I let my lust consume me? But the Bible says, flee lust by taking heed to the word of God. I'm telling you elementary school whatever age you may be today I'm telling you I'm preaching to you by the mercies of God withstand the evilness of the enemy withstand the power of the enemy trying to bombard your mind and put these images and open you up to areas on the internet where you don't belong in the name of Jesus Christ you're bigger than that you're called to higher things than that you are Don't allow some little girl, some guy to trick you in a corner and talk you into having sex before marriage or trying to do something that you know is not right to do. He says that when you come to the time of temptation, he will give you a power to where you were able to withstand the temptation in that time. And sometimes it's going to mean, little fella, in the name of Jesus, I come against your spirit and I come against you and I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of my sight. And he may run too, but it's okay. But don't, in these last days before the trumpet sounds, don't you sell yourself short and allow the enemy to take what's precious to you. And young brother and young sister, you'd be proud to be a virgin. 
And don't you let the laughter or the mocking of a bunch of lying kids who say they're not move you to practicing something, even fondling and touching, that you know that's wrong. You're better and you're greater than that. You are a king and you are a princess. I pray by the mercies of God, don't you give in to the pressure, pure pressure of this world. Don't you honor and don't you look at the glory of Britney Spears and these others who are so caught up in demonic strongholds that you see the glory of that lifestyle instead of seeing more the glory of being a pure and an innocent young man or woman. It's not worth it. Nothing that the world can offer you is worth it. The best life, the best life, the best life that God intended is a lifestyle to where you don't compromise and you live a life that is holy and pure and just before God and you don't give yourself to somebody or something else that is not going to be your future. Doesn't matter how many times they say they love you and they care and how beautiful you are. Yeah, but you're so beautiful. Yes, you're so beautiful. Slap the snot out of them. Slap them, kick them, bite them. And if anybody tells you something, you tell them, come talk to me that I gave you permission. It's recorded. It's on the internet. I told them to bite, to slap, to... (laughs) But don't you give in and let the devil steal what is precious between you and God. You older people. That's dating. You're trying on the shoe to see if it fits. You want to see if it lasts. Trying it out before you buy it don't mean it's going to last. You buy it and God will make it fit. You do it God's way and God's hand will be upon it. I may be talking to you like right now like a daddy, but some of y'all need a daddy to talk to you like this. Because I hear stuff. And I see stuff. And this is not a brooding ground. This is not mating season when you come to church. The cell phone and computer are not mating calls. You communicate right or you don't communicate at all. You hear me? Don't you be getting in any areas personal. This is not part of my message, but God is saying this. You stay private. You you stay respectful, and they will respect you. And they will honor you. And they will write you notes saying, you are a virtuous woman. I'm about ready to go out of my mind, but I thank God that you're a virtuous woman. My eyes are deceiving me, but you are a virtuous woman. Well, you just tell them, I'd rather rather you confused and cloudy and blind, because I'll fix that later on, but right now you just do what's right. Amen, church. Glory to God. Amen. And let's hold each other up. Let's encourage one another. I'm serious about this. 
Let's hold each other up. Somebody gets personal with you, you, you ride on them. Do you know what she told me? Well, go tell my wife, and she'll get on. Don't you take a chance and let a woman with smooth words talk you out of your holiness and out of your self-respect. Their words are smoother than butter, but boy, they sting like a scorpion at the end. Do you hear the wisdom coming today? I mean, let's stand. Light my eyes, Lord. I know Jake's excited about come and play after this. Of course, they're, they're precious and pure. I shake in front of them. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, we come before you at this moment right now, transparent, with a holy desire to live pleasing to you in every area of our heart and our minds and our souls. Holy Spirit, you've spoken to us in ways that we needed to hear. You've spoken to us that if we're going to live godly and shun youthful lust, we're going to have to watch over our eyes and our ear gate, over our heart and that which is precious to you. Give us eyes to see your glory. Thank you, Father, that our eyes can be enlightened to see you, to reflect you, to feel you and experience you. Thank you, Lord, that there is more for us than we've experienced thus far. Therefore, we come today and we ask you for more. That we may experience you and feel you and see you. In such an intimate way that changes and transforms us forever. We surrender to your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we surrender to your salvation for those that do not know you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed if you're here today. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you know him but you've wandered away from him and you know your life is not right with him. I want you to raise your hand right there where you are. Just raise it real high and say, my life is not right with God. I've been doing things I shouldn't. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, dear. Anyone else? God, God, anyone else? Anyone else? I got to get my life right with God. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you back there. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. I see your hand. God bless you, sis. God bless you, sir. Yes. Anyone else? I know I have to get my life right with God. He knows where I am. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are raising up all over this place. Now, I want you to continue to have your head bowed and your eyes closed. And I want you to put your hand up on your heart. And I want you to pray this with me. Pray this with me right now. Let's all pray this. Dear Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I cry out to you now for mercy instead of judgment. Forgive me of all my sins for the wrongs that I'm doing and that I have done. I desire to please you and live for you in every area of my life. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died 
on Calvary. You shed your blood to forgive me. And on the third day, you rose again as King of kings and Lord of lords. I confess that on this day, I am born again. I am saved. And I am forgiven. And I thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to ask you. If, that, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, would you raise your hand? Anyone today, praise you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. 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 Those who raise, you're raising your hands. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, would y'all come up? You prayed this prayer for the first time, come up. And we want to take your numbers and your, your name and phone numbers down so we can get in touch with you and send you material. This is the first time you prayed this prayer. Come up. Come up, come up, come and stand up here. I want Christians up here right now. Believers, y'all come up and receive them. Receive them right now. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand as they come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Some more raise their hands. There was others who raised their hands. Come. Others who raised their hands. You know you raised your hand. Now come. You rededicated your life to the Lord today. Come, come. There was others who raised their hand. Come, 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 come. We want to receive you. Let's keep giving God praise. Let's keep giving God praise. Let's keep giving God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you pray this prayer. You gave your life back to Jesus. Come up. Come up. Oh, hallelujah. This is awesome. This is wonderful before the Lord. This is glorious before God. Hallelujah. Church, pray. Let us pray for one another. Let's meet and pray for these new believers. Let's pray and encourage one another in the midst of the fights and the storms of life. Be faithful to come to church and get a hold of the word and hear the word that is able to set you free. Get in the Word and study. Seek God. Seek Him and put your eyes upon Him that He is able to lead you out of whatever you've been into. We love you. We thank God for you. And we just believe in the best for your lives. God bless these up here today. Brother, if you dismiss us.